Hey everybody, it's Chad and Mark with I Want to Know. Uh, Mark is back. I don't know uh, what he's been doing lately, but he hasn't been here, but we're, we're here now, right? I'm the recording of Mark saying I'm back. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we have a new friend of ours. Uh, oh man, if I get this wrong, you have to correct me. It's R- Renee Rwenka. Waranka. Waranka. Waranka, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, we met uh, Renee at Venue Church here in Airdrie. Um, when I friended her on Facebook, I saw that she had done a TED Talks, and I was like, oh, what'd you do a TED Talks about? And so I wanted to invite her on the podcast, and she said yes right away and came on. So um, Renee is a wife and a mom, a dreamer, a musician, a songwriter, a good singer, Um there was something else I'm missing. Uh, entrepreneur, educator. You were on TED Talks. There was something I'm missing. No? Uh, Does that sum it up? All around. Make something up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, she's super tall. What, uh, I don't know. <laughs> one thing, you know, I, I reread my TED Talks bio and it says, uh, I'm awesome and I encourage everyone around me to be their own awesome too. <laughs> I really <laughs> love that. You are awesome. Uh, so welcome. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you. So what was the, uh, the TED Talks about? TED Talks was about the power in rhythm nice. and specifically in drumming. At the time, I was running drum circles. Yeah. And uh, so that was super fun. And I just decided one day, <laughs> randomly, someone was like, hey, TED Talks is accepting applications. And I was like, you know what? I'll just send that in. And so I did. And so you ended up going on stage and having to do a live speech in front of a whack of people? Yeah. And it's recorded and then put on the TED website. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. did it make you famous? Your social media explode? Oh, not soup. Not really. No. No, I don't <laughs> think so. And then I kind of stopped using social media after that. So I don't know if it actually did. It was in a, like, it was one of the coolest experiences. Very cool. The whole thing. From like, I remember typing the email and hitting send just to apply. And it was like, pee my pants scared of like, oh my goodness, I just applied to speak on TED. That's never going to happen though. So no big deal. And then like six months later, I got the reply that was like, we like it. We just want to know exactly what you're going to be talking about. And I was like, so shortlisted, which I was also super nervous about. And uh, so I sent back in my thing and I completely changed. Initially, I was going to give a talk about um, the power of habit. Yeah. And, and rhythm in a sense of like a daily rhythm and a routine in our lives and things that take off uh, a lot of extra decisions that we have to make. Yeah. And I decided at the time, since I was really into the drumming and all of that, that I would do that. So did you run a, like a, a business where you would go do this for corporations and schools? And- I didn't grow. I was planning to do that, but I didn't grow that big. I did run a regular drum circle in Airdrie. Okay. And then, yes, I did... In the sm- I think I only ran drum circles for about 18 months. Okay. And in that time I did, I ran some for like a teacher's convention thing and yeah. at the Boys and Girls Club and yeah. Very cool. So what's the benefit of drumming? In general, as in the drum circle setting, um, that power of rhythm, the idea of that is to allow yourself, number one, it's anybody can make music and... A lot of people don't believe that. And drumming is a super simple way to be able to make music in a group together with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's super fun. And the second part, which is my favorite thing about it, is it's a really, really great way to chill your nervous system out. Like if you're like really anxious about things or you've got like a thousand things on your to-do list or whatever, and you go to a drum circle and you start drumming, the rhythms are super simple and you get them in two minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of like... It, it takes enough focus to pull you into one place yeah. and remove all the other distractions that your brain is having Very and cool. really just allows your whole 
<laughs> told you it was loud I talk with my hands I lost your whole I literally I looked at I watched the very start of that TED talk too I was like oh there's a lot of hand talking um, it allows your whole nervous system to like just chill out and and come back to its natural state nice. if you're going to uh, explain a drum circle to my elderly mother how would you uh, how would you describe that I think most people have a good idea but just yeah, for those yeah. that don't well and it depends there's, there's multiple different kinds and I actually did two different types of training I did one which was a um, like a more wellness side drum circle, which means a lot of people join together in a circle and you either have hand drums, literally this is how I explain it, which you play with your hand. Or like a bongo set just between n- your legs? A, and- a djembe, yep, just one, not a bongo. It's only one head too, so it's super simple. So a bongo has two heads? A bongo has two heads. I had no idea. I'm quite sure. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Shoot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a bongo has two heads. Okay. A djembe has one. Um, a standard African drum, that one is. And then uh, the other one is a frame drum, which you hit with a mallet. So there's, you choose one of those. And in the wellness drum circle, everybody gets together and you, you have a facilitator who gives you kind of a rhythm, gets you going. Everybody just starts playing that rhythm. And that hap- that's a, a majority of what happens is the facilitator will maybe switch rhythms or, or give half and half or things like that. Or you can do your own kind of rhythm that joins in with that, which is also super fun. And yeah. The frame one is like the Native American or First yes. Nation one. It's got the cross and the circle. Exactly. And yeah. 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 Okay. And that's what a lot of people think of a drum circle like that, where, the, where is it like the Native style, um, which it's not. That's not a technical drum circle, but there is some of their culture that is brought forward in that. Very and then there's cool. also like a, I think it, they call it a therapeutic drum circle which I did my training um, through that part, which is more of like a drum program where you actually learn like a specific rhythm and, and then you get to like play your specific rhythm and you actually put together like a piece okay, and then everybody performs it together. And I, cool. I, my drum circles were a mix of those. So we would do like some like, Literally, you just go in, and if you were like, if you were to watch my TED talk, oh my goodness! <laughs> I got about five minutes through, then the kids were busy, and I had to finish quotes, and yeah. I had a bunch of stuff to do. So. And so, when if you do, I I actually lead the audience through a drum circle ish idea, but just using body rhythms instead of drums p- tapping on your body and, okay. and that thing, so that it I, it kind of just allows you to feel like if you can just chill out enough to just do that for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. So a bunch like, of people banging drums. Can you bring your own drum? Or, yeah. Yeah, so I could show up with my gong and just smash it <laughs> off yes. the tempo the entire And time. let me tell you, there's there are multiple drum that circles guy. that happen in Calgary. There's one that happens every Friday night, wow. and that one gets to be huge. And there are people that are playing a bunch of different percussion instruments. And this drum that is like almost as big as a hot tub, and people are banging on it. People are laying underneath it while people are banging on it with these huge. Wow. It's really cool. Is it like meditative? Like there, yes. it just takes you out of your zone yeah. and puts you into a more relaxed. It's kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's been. I've heard it compared to um, chanting mantras. Yes, mantras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very repetitive. I've seen a few in Airdrie, and I think it was at. It was one of the festivals they did at Nose Creek Park. That was me. That was you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, everyone stops, and everyone listens, and everyone just kind of like mesmerized by yeah. it yeah yeah that's very cool yeah uh so i'd like to know more about the ted talks i get this like massive fear of speaking in public so like 10 12 people or like what's the biggest you had to submit like maybe 25 people i'm pretty comfortable with if it's something i absolutely know yeah like inside and out but any more than that then i start panicking yeah. pretty hard <laughs> were you panicking um i wasn't I, by the time i got there 
Um, it was kind of like, eh. and I always, I'm the person where when you do something super scary like that, I'm like, I just want to be the first, like when they're, whenever you're somewhere and everyone's like, okay, who's going to share first? I'm like, I will share first. I just want to do it, be done. <laughs> and that's all great. So I got there on the day of the Ted talk and I was like, this is going to be so great. And I'm going to be first or second or something. You have no idea the schedule yeah. to like the day of, I was second last. Oh. So we went through like the whole morning, lunchtime, like four or five more speakers and then me and then one other guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we, but I still was good. My first martial arts tournament was like that. We did, uh, it's called a fireball in Vancouver, and they don't give you a schedule ahead of time. So like 500 people show up to spar, to fight, to roll, to do your katas, and you have no idea when you're going to And I was so nervous. There was like 800 people in the gymnasium watching you, so that's like a big crowd for me. Yeah. And uh, I was on the verge of vomiting the whole day. I couldn't eat. I couldn't nothing. Not till five o'clock did I have my first match. I got there at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just grating on your nerves the whole time, panic. Yeah, I was I was really lucky. Like it was in Canmore, the one that I did. So we I spent a, a bunch of the morning first of all listening to a bunch of the other speakers, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And uh, and then a little bit of time kind of walking around at lunchtime. And then I ended up just sitting down and chatting with the guy who was speaking after me. Um, who is an amazing photographer. And we got in a really great conversation after lunchtime, which took up like an hour and a half, which was really nice because yeah. then I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. And I had prepared. Um, I prepared in so many different ways for the talk. And like you said, for me, if I know it, if I'm speaking about something that I know and that music in general and the idea that I, I really do believe like music can change the world and in the different variations of that that I was speaking about something like that. I had prepared it. I had pared it down. And through TED Talks, they actually send you to a speaker coach. Oh, really? Yeah. So I did that That's too. Cool. And then kind of pared it down again and shifted what I was talking about, made sure that I was I was speaking like in a direct way and not just on all these tangents and things. And then I actually like drew out what my talk would be. Like I did so many different ways. Because you're um, only allowed 15 minutes, right? Yeah. I was allowed, I think, 12 or 13. Okay, yeah. And it's like an exact number. And there's no, I, there was no timer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, what yeah. was uh, the most interesting TED Talk you heard there? On that day, um, I think one of my favorite ones, and I don't even remember what it's called. And I met the guy who gave the talk at the speaker um, kind of thing Prep that we did thing, before. Yeah. yeah. And it was about the effects of technology, kind of. But his... His TED Talk started off with a blank screen and that that sound of your phone dinging, the same sound that everyone has on their phone. Yeah. And it was like, ding. And everyone was like, like reaching for their pockets. <laughs> and he was like, look at what that just did to your nervous system. Like, yeah. this is what's happening with all of the push notifications. And yeah. Yeah. I've heard lots of bad stuff about our phones, but uh, I can't seem to put mine down. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I've, I've changed a lot of things on mine. And then on in that talk as well, I was like, I'm just going to turn off all notifications. Yeah. I will look at my phone when I choose to. Yeah. My, my favorite TED Talk to this day was about um, bugs and how we're all going to eat them. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they were talking about the amount of effort it takes to get... Um, basically protein from a mammal and so you waste almost 90 percent with food and off-gassing and effort and stuff like that and you're getting 10 percent of the animal basically and then with uh, bugs it's complete opposite it's like 90 percent you're getting and 10 percent in making so uh and he's saying we're doing it all anyways that every uh you know every apple is not pretty enough to go on the shelf 
that has bugs in it or whatever gets ground up to put into apple pie mix yes, and whatever yeah. else. So we're all eating bugs. Uh, we're just not all good with accepting it, I guess. So are you eating bugs now then? I, I haven't. I think... No, I haven't. I was trying to think if I tried that cricket protein, but I remember hearing about it. But I haven't tried it yet. But I'd do the cricket protein. I don't think I would I'd like take a bug and like grab it and chew it. I don't think I could do that yet. It's I think that's how people think though. They think like here's here's a worm, it's wiggling and covered in dirt. That's yeah. what we mean by eating bugs. Yeah. When it's like it's it's when it gets ground up into food or however you're gonna eat it, that's yeah. that's kind of the equivalent of how we eat most things. I think I'd I'd much rather Given the options of the process, eat a bug than a cow. Well, um, yeah. like if, <laughs> if you walk up to the cow, ah. Well, that's that's kind of how people see it, right? They, they picture picking up a worm off the ground and eating it, which yeah. is about the same as like a hamburger. You walk up to a cow and just take a piece out of its yeah. backside and yeah. start chewing on it for a while. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Um, uh, I think it was Brent Butt that had this awesome joke. He says, I was flying between Winnipeg and Vancouver, and he says, they gave us a ham sandwich. He goes, the piece of ham was so thin, I don't think the pig felt it coming off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's, so. uh, it's interesting to think about, though, right? It's sort of, my, my brain's just going through a lot of different disgusting foods we eat, like <laughs> jello. Like, can oh you imagine goodness. pulling like the collagen out of like a hoof and like. Yeah, that's what it is. Going through, yeah. Yeah. Flavor it with a little bit of strawberry. Chemicals, weird chemicals. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, it's not even toxic, strawberry. Toxic it's colorings that give you cancer, and we know they give you cancer, but let's put that in there anyways. Yeah. They uh, was that the red dye, uh, or not the red dye, the um, number five yellow dye or something that yeah, yeah, gives yeah. kids with ADHD it sets them off. Oh like it's goodness. it's like a trigger for them, and they just go out. Maybe it's red. It is red. Like uh, yeah. red, red dye. Red 40. I've is heard it, that in some places. That's probably yeah. what it is then. Yeah. And they just, uh, I, uh, I knew this girl in Calgary when I first got here and um, she didn't know. She had never had Twizzlers or Nibs. And so we were at a movies and I bought them. She's like, what are those? And I'm like, oh, they're Twizzlers. They're really good. They're like strawberry sort of flavored. And I give it to her. And like a half an hour later, she was like schizophrenic, oh. going nuts, crazy. And she had no idea. She was allergic. Full grown adult. Never had Twizzlers and went off. Wow. Yeah. Crazy lady. I wanted to ask you, um, you were talking, so when, when we, uh, I first asked if you would come on the podcast and I said, would you talk about your TED Talk thing? Yeah. And you said, no, I'd rather talk about, I see I'm going to do the same thing as you. <laughs> oh, I would rather talk about the benefits of doing hard things. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer, like the, you were talking about scheduling. I literally have like nine alarms on my phone to go off so I don't miss doing the stuff that I have to do. And then some of them are new, so I want to do them regularly until they are a habit. And yeah. I can shut the alarm off and I just go do them. Yeah. So I, what, what are the hard things you do? I love that. I love the hard things that, we, that I do like every single day. Some of the hard things that I do, like wake up the first time my alarm goes <laughs> off and don't hit snooze. <laughs> yeah. Because I want like, I don't know, I've, I've had in my heart forever, um, like I want to live a great life. I want to live a life that impacts other lives. I don't want to live a life that's just like me mundanely going through yeah. and doing whatever random very cool. lemmingy stuff. <laughs> Although some days it looks like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that would be like a regular daily thing of like, okay, I'm not going to hit my alarm. Okay, I'm going to talk to someone and add value to their day every yeah. single day, even though half of the time that's like really awkward. Like, hey, nice coat. 
Yeah. Okay, great. You know, like well, just, how do you find those people to talk yeah, to you too, right? Well, it's your mom and you're busy and yeah. so you have to get out and find that thing. It really is. And especially on days like on whatever day it was that it snowed a hundred feet <laughs> in October. <laughs> was it 14 inches oh, in Airdrie? That all so in, crazy. Yeah, in know. October. And, but even on that day too, I'm like, no, every day I want to do this. Every day I want to yeah. grow. One of the biggest like kind of journeys that I'm on right now is real human connection, not social media connection. Yeah. But I mean, like real face-to-face, heart-to-heart human connection and cool. to grow in that, which is for me way outside. Like I would, if I was going to stay in my comfort zone and not do scary things, I would be at home in front of the fireplace, eating a bowl of popcorn <laughs> and reading a really great book. That's the, all by myself. And I would probably have headphones on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So. With our last sermon that we listened to from Pastor Corey, yeah. um, he was talking about us as a, as, a, as a group of humans, we're a lot like sheep fast, dumb, there's all these traits. And one of the traits in there is that sheep get very nervous if they can't see the rest of their herd. And my wife's like, that's you. You need to be around people. And I absolutely do. But I do that for a living. I drive from house to house, selling stuff, talking to people, connecting with them. And I, and I love it. Um, you know, try to make them feel good about what's going on and understood and heard. And it, it's, it's so important that you have those human connections. Totally. There's a, um, psychologist dr jordan peterson that talks about it at length on how we are designed to be with other people we're designed to be in relationships and so we're we're gonna gang up on mark here a little bit because (laughs) i I totally didn't i didn't call you out on the drinking game you just said peterson so you got to take a shot oh all right i'll uh (laughs) go find some booze later We, uh, I, I listen to Dr. Jordan Peterson a lot. I think what he does, um, it, it's really impactful for me. Uh, he's doing a breakdown of the Bible right now. He did the first five books of the Bible, and he's on uh, Jacob and Esau right now. Cool. And it's from a psychological standpoint, but it makes you understand the story so much better than even a pastor does. Yeah. Not the pastors don't do a good job of it, but he comes at it from more my scientific type mind. So it, it's pretty amazing. Love that. Yeah. So uh, anyways, uh, we had a Bring podcast. It. I can take it. Okay. We had a podcast a little <laughs> while ago and uh, we had a, uh, an awesome lady on here, uh, Jody Giles Tab, that she's studying. Oh, I love her. You know her? She's yeah. a great, Local great lady. of mine. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. She was like our third guest oh. ever, second guest ever. Yeah. And so um, uh, she talked about this on the show, so we can talk about it. Going through not a very great divorce and, and having to learn how to live separately and doesn't understand why people get married at all. She's just like, it's stupid. And Mark <laughs> believes the same thing. So I almost I didn't feel picked on, but they're like, you're kind of stupid for being married. And I don't feel like I'm stupid for being married. But um, No, I think it's you're stupid for liking being married. <laughs> <laughs> Not for being married, just for liking it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I honestly, well, they asked me, so they kind of went on their rant on well, what's so great about being single. And, and I don't think there's honestly anything wrong with it. If it's good for you, it's good for you. But for me, having the family around me, having my wife with me, I don't have to be good at everything. Oh. I just have to be good at the, the stuff that I need to be good at and just do that. For single parents, it's a lot more difficult. you got to be good at a lot of things. I just got to be good at a little bit. Well, I could see that being a problem if you're not good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's that true. is a good call. That, that's Which true. might be perspective, but it, it might be. Yeah, I think I probably think I'm good at a lot more stuff than I'm actually. Good I was at. gonna say I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like I am good at it. I at least I did. Yeah. Last year, Scott and I went through Freedom Session, and I realized very clearly that at that time I'm not good at everything. I did think I was good at a lot more before that. 
There's a lot of self-awareness with uh, the venue church that um, I've never found in another church where they, you know, he says something and you're walking away going, well, am I that? Is he talking to me? Is that what it's, what right. it's about? Like, you know, he talks about us being a bunch of fast, dumb sheep and the, throughout the Bible it talks about us being the, sh- the lamb, the sheep, right? Yeah. And the whole time he was making eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Directly with me, yeah. yeah. You're the dumb sheep. What? You talking to me? <laughs> I love. I love right now. I'm at a place where I've released enough ego to every single thing he says. Rather than be like, "Oh, that's not me." That's my, which would be my natural first reaction. My first reaction is like, "Okay, that's me." What part of me yeah. is that? Yeah. What part is and is part of me? Need, does it, do I need to shift that, or is that just something I accept and realize that that's what I am as a human? Yeah, and some of it, it's just I don't think it's wrong. Like, exactly. You know, he's describing being a sheep, and like some part of that, that's pretty good stuff to do. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I'm okay with being like that. But I like what you said too about the ego thing. And so, probably about two or three years ago, I had this this revelation about, and it didn't come overnight. But the mm-hmm. revelation came where I really want to like the podcast. I want to know. I want to know as much as I possibly can about everything, and I'm just letting go of all the the old stuff that I did know because most of it wasn't true. I uh, We just recently hired a young guy uh, and I've been training him the last couple of days at my, my regular day job and uh, he brought it up. He's like, remember the stuff that your dad told you you just <laughs> absolutely thought was true and then all of a sudden you're an adult and you say it and everyone's looking at you like you're completely retarded. And my like, dad told us we were related to the Pope. And we believed it. And you believed it. You told everybody. Like so much better than you. I'm related to the Pope. (laughs) Do you think he wanted to see if he figured out? I don't know. He also oh, there were so many funny things that he like. He was like, oh, when you have hiccups, take a really big spoonful of white vinegar. Oh, that's and so I did mean. it. I remember being little and like climbing on a chair to go above the stove to get white vinegar oh. when I had hiccups. I want to meet your dad I now. Know. <laughs> I, do that, I do that all the time to my daughter, yeah. just to make her question like stupid <laughs> things. So good. Yeah. Most of the population does Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the yeah, Tooth Fairy. Right. We lie to our kids. I uh, we never really did. My wife was so against it. I was like, oh, come on, we gotta do Santa Claus. And she's like, no, we're not doing like like. There's a Santa Claus. He's at the mall. They can go get a picture yes. with the fat character. But he's not breaking presents. And then I heard a comic say one time that, uh, why am I giving that uh, fat bastard the credit for, uh, <laughs> exactly. for uh, the presents that I'm buying? So, yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly it. Why do parents lie to their kids? It gets tricky because we did, we did like our, you know, follow the herd and the sheep that are yeah. all doing Santa Claus. And, and then we got to a point where I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, my daughter just figured out last year. And then I'm like... I'm sorry, I was do, lying to you, you for 10 years. <laughs> and yes, the Tooth Fairy too. Yes, the Easter Bunny. Yeah, my kids came to me, I think Ava was maybe six, and uh, we had never really sold the Santa Claus thing. But she comes up, she goes, everyone in school thinks there's a Santa Claus. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, there's no Santa Claus, is there? I'm like, well, there's the movies and the cartoons and the character at the mall. He's like, but he doesn't bring presents. And I'm like, don't tell anybody. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, so good. Just don't do it. What was it? We were talking about Santa Claus a couple podcasts ago. Was that with Sean? Yeah. Did you release that one? I did, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Uh, we I, talked about it there. We, uh, I don't know what happened. That show, it just went off. I'm not a big, I, I don't understand why everyone gets upset about cursing. We should not have taken those bath salts before that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't take bath salts. Oh, I, I, 
I should have told you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, I that's, did. That's too did bad take, on me, I guess. <laughs> I did take basalts. Yeah. Well, me and Sean were doing it. We just, you know. I assumed I was too. Yeah. No, it went off the rails. I don't know what happened. I'm not, uh, like, I don't think swearing is bad. I don't, you know, there, there's a, a, a view you have of people that swear. And so I stopped for a while so that people go, oh, that guy's not so bad. Yeah. And then I could get to know people and talk to them. But now I'm at the point where I, I don't really care that much anymore. Yeah. Um, even with my kids and I don't care if they swear. It's just a word. What's the difference between, I say it all the time, what's the difference between fudge and fuck? Yeah. Like, if you're not being mean to somebody or disrespectful, it's just you were telling a story and use that word. What's the big deal? Exactly. Well, exactly. If you're going to yell something, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. I just finished reading the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. Actually. I've heard it's really good. It was. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was good. Do you not give a fuck anymore? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out. Yeah. Uh, No, I love it. It was all about like, I mean, all wrapped up in a nutshell. The first part of that book, it took a lot. Because for me, I don't, I just, I don't swear. I don't find the really need to swear. eh. Um, I don't like it when every other word is like a swear word. But in general, like sometimes, maybe sometimes I do. But um, It feels good sometimes to do it. Really, actually, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Same as like... Yeah, okay. Um, but at the start of that book, there was so, like, so much swearing. And I was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. But by the end, like, the whole concept of it and uh, just when you say yes to something, you say no to so many other things. So just know what you're saying yes to yeah. so that you know what you're saying no to. And Because if you say yes to so many things and maybe you're saying no to things you don't mean to. So it was really good. That's a actually. cool uh, thought process to, you know, careful of the yeses Love because it. you cut off so many things yeah if, well, if I'm only doing this then yeah, yeah I love I love it it was a reconfirmation um for my husband Scott and I for the past two years ish we've been going on this am- amazing we've been on this amazing journey and f- and discovering like our family values has been one of the things so that we're making choices based on those values so that we're living an intentional life in the direction that we're meant to be going instead of this like oh I don't know whatever comes next we'll do that yeah, go with the flow kind of exactly yeah. I hate go with the flow I, like that is one thing I'm like no go with the flow is not what I'm gonna do I'm not gonna go with the flow I'm gonna go where I'm called and meant to actually go nice. um and he did talk I, I'm the worst I never know authors names but anyways this amazing guy his name might have been Mike or Mark <laughs> shoot the guy who wrote that book um the subtle art the subtle art yeah Yeah. oh yeah good you should do that so we can actually give him his due credit because it was it was a really great book uh but he did talk about like determining your values so that you're able to make decisions based on those rather than just like haphazard random decisions that's another great thing too is actually deciding what your values are Right. right so many people um What's his name? Russell Brandt, yeah. uh, the actor. He he he's studying theology and psychology, I believe, and he talks about everybody's on a program. Yeah, Whether you think you are, or you think you're not. You are absolutely on a program. There's twelve step programs, religious programs, um, or you just follow the world exactly. and do whatever um, they're doing, right? And so I love that thought process when I heard about it. Yeah. I'm I'm text. You guys got to talk because I'm going to text. I can't do both at the same oh. time. <laughs> Oh, good. Chad's horrible at multitasking. That's a good you, thing. So you. are you, and so am I, and so is the whole world. Yeah, it's that's called switch true. tasking. Sorry, he's he's horrible at doing one thing and faking that he's doing something <laughs> else. <laughs> that's so true. That is what it is. It's true. Oh, uh, I love uh, that. See, th- this is one of the things that I did a while ago. Was uh, well, quite a long time ago. Was that I was just going to be as honest as I possibly could. And so in sales, it works beautifully. Yeah. You know, we have people ask us questions and like, yeah, it's not going to help you. 
Yeah. Well, I really want to do that. Okay, well, it's $1,200, but it's not going to change what's going on inside your house or whatever, yeah. right? And, uh, oh, gee, see, I'm trying to fake looking stuff up. And <laughs> 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 I can't do it. Man, I got to get better at that. The um, And so just being completely honest, Mark Manson. There we go. Yes, Mark. I, knew, yeah. I was going to, good, I'm glad. Mark, Mike, close. You, Mark, you Mike. You said Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just being completely honest. And once you start being honest with all the words coming out of your mouth, then you're being honest with what you're thinking and what you're doing and, and everything else. And just that one little change was massive for Isn't me. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's something like thoughts become words, become actions, become habits, become there might be something else, becomes character. Mm. There's some like long thing yeah, of that. Yeah. And I love like recently, and I don't remember if it was in a sermon or just in talking with Pastor Corey or if it might've even just been somewhere else. Um, but talking about like that it's in our heart that we need to shift that. Yeah. That it doesn't start in words and thoughts that we want to like get that all the way into our heart so that right in our heart is where we're thinking that honesty, like in, and almost like a, a purity, but a purity of ourself, not like, you know. Yeah. Just not putting on the mask the same as last week. You know what? I, I, I've used lots and I, I hear a lot of people bashing it, the fake it till you make it attitude. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I like for me, that's what it was. It's just like, okay, I'm going to just be this person until I'm this person. Like that wasn't who I was, but it's who I want to be. Yeah. And so I'm just going to do that. And you hear so many people like, well, you're just lying to yourself. Well, sort of, but it's, it's a growth I don't know, path maybe to get to, to where you want to be. Yeah. I, to- I totally, I love fake it till you make it as long as you're intentionally choosing what that is. And you're not just putting on a mask to like, a, it's not ego. It's more heart directed and character focused. Yeah. Like I know uh, for me right now, like I, I know I want to be good at relationships. I want to be good at getting to know people and I want to be good at asking people questions and getting to know about them too. Yeah. Um, because I want to have great relationships, not because I want to look like I'm good at knowing people. And I think yeah. that that might be where fake it to make it gets a bad rap. It's tricky though. I think fake it till you make it's a small piece of a bigger puzzle. Um, I think with any goal setting, which is really what it is, you have those two factors of time and uh, education. Yeah. Mm. And I know a lot of guys who are going, maybe let's say girls too, just to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people who uh, they, they're like, I want to be rich. So I'm going to wow. be a dick to everyone I see. I'm mm. going to smoke cigars all the time. Yeah. And I'm just going to be condescending and a prick. Hopefully it mass. And order. I'm going to spend money as though I'm already yeah, rich. Yeah. Right? And I will get a bunch of credit cards and mm-hmm. I will just yeah. dump money everywhere. And hope um, it magically changes. Yeah. And then they do that for 20 years. Yeah. And they're poor. They're in debt. Yeah. And everyone hates them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So fake it till you make it. If you don't have a time limit of this is when I'm setting the goal to be this way, actually. Yeah. And I'm educated enough to know how I'm going to get to that goal. I think those are big factors. I like that. For me, the the fake it part in the beginning was just that faking it. And I'm like, well, I can't fake it unless I know something about it. So let's start reading. Let's start listening. Let's start whatever. And then you just start emulating those things and talking about those things. And if you're open and you're... um, what's the word, like uh, approachable, then yes. people will correct you, will talk to you. Um, one of the, or the kids are back from the park. Um, uh, and yeah, you'll, you'll get more information like, oh, well, I thought it was this and now it's that. Yes. You know, it's just the financial stuff that we've learned from being in church has blown my mind growing up not having, and I think me and you have the same sort of background with parents that just didn't do very good, didn't plan very well. And, and now we're at a point where like, oh, we got to learn how to do this ourselves. Yeah. Right. 
It's interesting. I was recently uh, reading that meme. You've probably seen it. It goes around every now and then about how schools shouldn't be teaching algebra. They should be teaching how to get a job, how to finance, manage finances, what credit means. But in all fairness, I didn't retain a whole lot that I learned in school. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. all those things like how to get a job, how to keep a job, how to do finance, how to do credit. I learned all those things by stumbling my way through them. Yeah. So it does kind of make you wonder if there are certain things it really should be up to you to figure out for yourself. I, I'm not opposed to, to you know, stumbling through. I think there's a lot of benefits in, you know, stubbing your toe and, you know, getting road rash and all that along the way. But there's everything shouldn't be that way. Right. Like as a as a parent, as an educator, as a person in the community, you should be willing to help when people need that help. Yeah. And I didn't see that when I was younger. Um, and maybe people just recognize that I wasn't going to be smart enough to get it when I was younger. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I feel like like both of those things. But then um, I don't even know if this is completely relevant, but John Maxwell talks about having like failure and success as like bumper pads. And I feel like us learning and and at this stage of our life, like being mentors and or examples to our kids, but also to the world that we're, we can almost be the bumper pads so that we're not stubbing our toe as far as breaking our leg. We're only stubbing our toe as far as actually just stubbing our toe or maybe rolling our ankle a little bit yeah. so that there's at least a little bit of like a boundary um, on the sides of that learning where it's not like you're, you're spoon fed all of the information that you need about that. Like, here's how you open a bank account and here's how you deposit a whatever and, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. But that there is a guideline of like debt is probably not good. Like yeah. leveraging debt for things. That's probably not going to get you to where you actually think you're going to go. Right. So here's some, here are some things that you can learn about that. Here are some places where you can look up a little bit more and and go from there. I like giving my kids a task and then just, like you said, hit the outside stuff. Yeah. So uh, my daughter wanted to become a gr- dog groomer. She's getting to the age where she can get a job. So I'm like, well, I would start with phoning dog groomers and yeah. asking what the ages are and what you do and how dangerous it is and all this kind of stuff. And so that's, you know, she made a few phone calls and then no one's interested in teaching a 13-year-old on how to groom dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to get your face bit and you're... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's not the path for her. Um, yeah, that's just, so good. Yeah, that you just you just give those outside boundaries, but send them on their way. But yeah, helicopter them through, show them exactly what to do. I've never been one of those dads. I've watched my kids fall, and I'm like, eh, there they go. Yeah. It's like it's uh, you're extrapolating from your your experiences. Yeah. You don't uh, you don't need to go and burn yourself every possible way there is to burn yourself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but <laughs> until you've been burned once, yeah. you can't really appreciate why you shouldn't be burning yourself further. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think getting getting your kids to think, like to not just follow direction. I've got a, a buddy that's a dog trainer, and he talks about this at length, and I believe it's, it's going to sound horrible. I'm talking about dog training and training kids or teaching kids. <laughs> but he says, I can hold a dog by the scruff of the neck right at my left-hand side and make him walk there and call it a heel, a proper heel. And, but it's not because the dog doesn't want to be there. You have to train the dog to want to be there. So when you go heel, he comes running up and he slams into the side of you and he's at attention and ready to go. And that's what I think it is with kids is that you have to want them to want to learn, to go out and figure it out and to where, you know, there's a challenge in front of them. They're like, oh, okay, well, how do I fix this? Not... Who do I call? How do I take... Like, there's going to be some of those, but for the most part, they should be looking at it from their perspective and how do I attack this first? Yeah, Sometimes totally. it's calling dad. Yeah. It's okay. 
Oh, I good. love that. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm at the point with my kids right now where I'm realizing the huge uh, difference in their personalities mm. in that because my oldest, um, I was just saying to Scott today that I thought my oldest was going to be like my mini me. And I don't know if you've read the book uh, Wired That Way, but it talks about mm. personalities. And so there's like powerful choleric is one of the personalities. And that is totally me. Like I check boxes. I read all the things. I follow all the rules. I make a plan and stick to it and do all the, and like, that's me. Um, and my daughter is not that at all. My oldest is not that at all. She's like peaceful phlegmatic, which is like, she's chill, walks into a room, totally kind of fine. No big deal. Kind of late, slow. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, and do you spank her for it? <laughs> I would have to do that. <laughs> oh, I was really like in the beginning, I, I remember spending so much time being like, come on, let's get out the door. Hurry up. Come on. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. And then finally I was like, I'm going to stop saying hurry up and just start leaving 10 minutes earlier so yeah. that we can be out on time. Yeah. And that I'm not like, because personality is a real thing. There is a bit of us, I think that, that needs, that needs to shift and grow and stuff, but our like natural personality is, a, and I'm noticing it so much in my kids right now. Yeah the difference between who they actually, like how, how they were created yeah, and how to nurture that. What drives me nuts about my kids when they mirror my bad behaviors. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I look at it and I want to like crush their little skulls and I'm oh, that's my fault. Yeah. When it's my wife's fault, then I don't get so angry. <laughs> but when it's but what, are, what are bad behaviors though, right? That's kind of a perspective and what you do with it sort of situation, yeah. right? For me, it's when, when I, I do something that I know is not good for me, and then my kids do something that I know is not good for them, and I'm the one that created that. Yeah. That, that's, that's the bad type of behavior. But it's kind of, I kind of, whenever I see that, I kind of look at it as if this had, like, what's the way that this should have been explained to me when I, when I had these behaviors? How do I make this a good behavior? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, recently, I was... Uh, I was given uh, an article on different exercise, kind of going back with uh, the con- the conflict in life and different personalities, mm. and it broke it down to three different personality types, which uh, kind of it, it explains how how your motivation works when you exercise. And uh, I guess, sorry, unfortunately, it was me and someone else, and we were the two examples. Personally, I need to get uh, a dopamine rush of some sort, so new experiences or thrills. And reading more, I'm like, this is totally it. Like, if I do the same, I could not care less if I do anything right, yeah. as long as it's something new. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other person I was with, um, she's in a situation where she would rather do one thing perfect than 50 things of a, like of a, an accomplishment pile. Wow. And since I've had that in my head, I've been thinking about it. I was actually at kickboxing the other day, working with a guy who, uh, he's, he's, he's a beginner, he's doing all right, though, but could not get over the footwork sorry, pardon me, could not get over the footwork of the most basic punch that you learn. And it was a one, one movement out of a 12 movement combination. We didn't get past the first one because he could wow. not deal with the fact that he wasn't doing it perfect. And normally I would have been yelling at this guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we got something to do here. You're making me look bad as your partner. Like, yeah. get with it and just do it. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, looking back, I, I actually, after the class, I was like, I'm going to give me your phone number. I'm going to send you the link for this article I just read. Yeah. Because it's going to give you some tips and advice on your personality because you fit it to a T. And uh, in hindsight, looking at it, it's, it helps you to understand different people when you realize we're not all the same. We're not all driven by the same motivations. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You got to send me that article. I'd love to read that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I found that I fit into it perfectly, and I found yeah. that uh, my friend also fit into it perfectly. What am I? I, 
I don't know. Put me on the couch. Tell me what I'm doing. There's well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll read the third one to figure out what that one is exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think that one's more competitive based, yeah. if I recall. I'm definitely competitive based. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I want to do everything good, but I'll sacrifice something. And I don't know if this is even it, but I'm willing to sacrifice something just to get a little bit further ahead. I'm mm. like, I'll figure out that other thing, <laughs> but I'm going to be up here while I do it. Yeah, that might be, and that might be a side effect of that that nature. Like, it's interesting because when it starts to stem off, and you're like, oh, that's me too. Oh, yeah. that's me. Like I've always said, like I can't enjoy myself unless there's a potential that I'm going to die. <laughs> and I just, I just kind of, I just, I just feel like, well, I'm probably crazy, so I'm just going to settle with that. That's cool. But now I read this, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, this all makes sense now. Actually, coming to think that. of it. I, uh, I think if I didn't have to like pay bills and all that, I would head back to university and I would get my psychology degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I, I'm definitely going to do oh, that at some point. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that it's hilarious the picture I have that if you didn't have to pay bills or had responsibilities combined with you getting a psychology degree, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're diametrical. Yeah, because all I ever talk about is that my, my main goal is to be a healthy, fit grandfather. So when my, my grandkids are around, I'm going to run, play, take them skiing, all That's that kind so of stuff. Awesome. And I want to live in a dirt floor hut in Belize. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So my house isn't going to... Uh, cost me very much i can fly back and forth and i'll just stay with my kids and hang out with my grandkids oh, that's amazing. fly home lay on my beach fish blackout drunk with you. the cougars <laughs> <laughs> like the black cougar yeah 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 those yeah those ones <laughs> we're not sure my wife is gonna come oh uh, <laughs> yeah she might completely <laughs> as soon as she heard like third world country she's like i don't want to do that even and if I'm she like, comes i can still see you just blackout drunk hanging with <laughs> and nicole Watching UFC on the beach, I'll yeah, set up my playing pool, TV and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. dancing. Oh, lots yeah. of dancing. I got a friend that's living in Belize right now, and she's uh, Facebooking me pictures of their rainy season. It's it's like totaling her yard, oh my and, gosh. but it's only like a month long or six weeks long, so big deal. A and bit compared of rain. to like snow yeah, for really. Ever. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look what the I, snow's doing to everything. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> Rain's snow. fine. Uh, I yeah. don't think I was supposed to be born in Canada. No, I don't think I was. I don't think I was supposed to live I don't in think Canada anyone at all. Was. No. <laughs> the uh, you like know whenever I, someone says like I love the snow, my first instinct is to punch them in the face. <laughs> my my kids love the snow. Like yeah, ridiculous. Well, my kids will don't, don't go outside. Don't, don't in bring the them summer. over here. Yeah. You'll punch them in the face. <laughs> no, don't. You don't. Want they them. don't. They don't drive or have to deal with all the adult I know, stuff. Of snow. You're right. Yeah. Like if I could just like sit. And drink coffee and stare at the snow through like the window of a heated building. I'd love the snow Next too. Next to a yeah. fireplace. Yeah. yeah. Ma, and it was just a picture of snow. Someone yeah. drives you to <laughs> yeah. the building where it's you get educated. TV. I changed the channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, we're hardy bunch though. We're tough. We yeah. can survive. Yeah. Crazy, you mean? Hardy, not, or sorry, crazy, crazy yeah. not hardy. Yeah. That's the question, right? They say uh, the reason North America is so weird is the genetics go to all the crazy people. Like, look, look what our relatives decided to do. Like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends how far back your your relatives go in this country, but mine settled northern Saskatchewan. Yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> gets quiet. <laughs> Porcupine Plain, Saskatchewan. They settled up there. What did they do to everybody else? <laughs> they had to be know. that far from civilization. It's, uh, that's uh, still far from civilization today. It is. <laughs> it, it's a like a fourteen-hour drive from here. Like wow. it's north. Like it's in the tree line of northern Saskatchewan. I said if you couldn't, uh, or if it, that's not the asshole of the world, you can smell it from there for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, it makes you wonder, like. Like today, that would suck to live there. But yeah. like, to like a hundred years ago or whenever, like, what was wrong with those people? Like, they're nuts. Yeah. Like yeah. To, to hop on a boat to go to like who knows where you're going to? What's going to be there when you get there? Okay, this is a good question. Where would you go for a free piece of land? 
Where would I go? Not northern Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> right? I but, don't know. Yeah, that yeah. is true. It was a free piece of land. That's it. My kids like, did a project on it last year. But a lot of people didn't come. That's like, true. A lot yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at Australia. Australia, people had to go there. Right. So the fact that people chose to come here yeah. and then chose not to go back. So you're calling us all crazy. Yeah, I think it's very likely. Mm. It, well, it makes sense, though, right? When you think <laughs> we're, about... We're, we're all inwardly thinking about, how crazy am I? Okay. When you think about North American culture, though, it makes a lot of sense that it was a lot of just very fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants, yeah. questionable the sense of fear. The whole American culture is yeah. that way, right? Yeah. Well, not the Canadians aren't, either. Well, we have, we've been dealing with snow, so that's, that's humbling, I think. I think yeah. Americans are just us without that humbling factor. Yeah, without the weather beaten hell out of you yeah. six months of the year. I think Ro- I think Rogan mentioned it one time, talking about how his opinion, the reason why we're different than Americans is that if you don't have community when you have winter like we do, you don't live. That's so yeah. true. Yeah. Like, you can't afford to be a dick. Because right. you're the first so one true. that gets left out to be eaten the next morning. I love that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's just like clarity. That's why we're so great. Right. Yeah. To we, each other, that is. We might that's die. why we're, like, we have to be kind to each other. Yeah. That's, that's right. why Canadians are more kind. Yeah. yeah if we're wow. scared, we're so scared of dying. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, this is, this is interesting. So uh, I was le- reading this uh, financial thing, and basically... Uh, the one percent of the world live on the northern half of the uh, of the planet. Everyone below the uh, the equator basically is the ninety nine percent that don't have very much. So oh. that's general. So is it the craziness that? Um, what? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I know where you're going with this, and this is like eugenics. It it starts off like with very in, very logical science based, and like treads the racist line really. Uh, no, that's really not where close. I'm going. It's a question about why do the crazy people be so successful? Maybe is it like when you're in the nice sun? Uh, yeah, more. well, you're comfortable more. Yeah, there's not a lot of pressure. Like, you know, Canadians, if they didn't chop wood for six months a year, they were going to freeze the yeah. other six months, yeah. right? So we're just go-getters, like get after it. But if you're living in a... No siesta time. If you're living in a country where there's fruit uh, growing everywhere and yeah. the lakes are full of fish all year round and nothing freezes, it's pretty easy to And there's like beaches, relax. yeah. Right. And you could actually, like here when it's cold out, what do you do to relax anyway? Mm, that's why kids in, or people in Saskatchewan had 11 and 12 kids. <laughs> what else are you going to do in the sense. cold? It's good Grandma. to have backups when it gets that cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couple might freeze this year. Let's get started on a new one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's been more than, uh, more than a few times. Uh, let's take it for a dark turn. More than a few times it's been an option to have uh, more kids around because you can eat them if it comes down to it. Yeah. How many people eat kids? Other, uh, other than Libya, in uh, Russia during uh, the long Leningrad, I remember stuff, hearing uh, that. Yeah, yeah, the siege of Leningrad, they were eating their kids. Oh, I know that song. Mao's China. I heard the same thing went on, and when he was starving the country. Yeah, there was actually a. Um, oh, I can't remember. It was in Europe somewhere. Um, there's a statue I think that commemorates uh, this politician that was pushing that they should eat children because they had a famine of some sorts going on. Hmm. I think it should be the opposite around if that's actually what's happening. I think Peterson was talking about uh, in Germany. Maybe maybe it wasn't Germany. Said Peterson again. I know. Someone's Next time we're bringing out, out shots. <laughs> um, You're getting shots. You stop talking about Peterson. <laughs> he was saying they used to put up signs saying, don't eat your children. And I think it was in Germany. 
that they were reminding I'm pretty people. Sure that was Russia. Maybe it was yeah, Russia. Yeah. yeah. That uh, they had like to remind Stalingrad people not to eat their kids because yeah. they were so hungry. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like parts of Africa, like going back to uh, like when things were really bad in Libya. Like I guess they're really bad now. There's really bad now. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely cannibalism happening. You heard see the um, the slave trade in Libya. It's been restarted. That's on YouTube, like where they're trading black people. They're selling them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. How we get so sideways? We were like positive and I know, I'm not like self-improvement. Uh, and <laughs> so what's the other hard stuff you do <laughs> other than eating kids? I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I eat kids. No? It's too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too far along on the hard side of things. I'm the worst. Like at the dinner table, if anybody, like we were eating shrimp the other day. And one of my kids was like, Mommy, do you know when we saw the shrimp and he had eyes and blah, blah, blah? What did shrimp look like when they were swimming in the water? I'm like, nope, I can't eat anymore. <laughs> you guys really? can eat. I can't. I don't know. Oh. I like. I, I torture my daughter all the time. Oh, She's like, what kind of meat is this? It's bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never call it cat or uh, beef. It's cow or it's yeah. pig or it's <laughs> a chicken. So and she's like, Dad, stop. Yeah, I'm the worst with that kind of stuff. We, what other hard things? Hold on, let me think about a hard thing. We uh, well, let's yeah. mess oh. with your interpretation of a hard thing. Okay, is it hard if it's rewarding? No, well, that's exactly. It's only hard when you first think about it. Yeah, it's the same as like the TED Talk. That was that was it was challenging, but it grew me into like the next level of who I am and and everything. It challenged me, and then it's awesome. That I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, but it is it is still and, hard. That was hard. But then it makes the argument if it's if it's if it's not hard because it was rewarding, then why why would you do it? Yeah, it has reward. to be rewarding. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. It's not like it's I'm going to go and like like push my car down the street because that would be silly and it doesn't More like actually... suffering, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's too, like knowing where it is that I where it is that I want to and I'm meant to grow. Or maybe that's the point. Pushing myself outside of that. If it's hard and you do it, it's going to have some sort of reward. Yeah. I guess that, that always will, right? I don't know. Does it? I don't know. Jordana tortures herself, stars herself. She does all this stuff and her reward is being skinny. And not having seizures. I don't know what her reward system is. Yeah, I don't either. She's that. She's the one that's the type. Uh, the type three personality, where it's focused on perfection. Really? Yeah. Oh, I could see oh, that. Have you ever worked out, or you've, you've yeah, done pads with her? Yeah. Oh my god. It's insane. Pull your goddamn hair out. <laughs> <laughs> Just has to be perfect. She was our very oh first guest on here, and we we're trying to figure out what we're doing on podcast. So we googled a psychological test because she's a single lady, and we thought we'd set her up, but we made her do a psychological <laughs> test first. It was awful, and then she's like, "You guys can't put that up. Like it's already up. Sorry, can't do nothing oh, about no. it. Doesn't belong to me anymore. <laughs> it's now in the internet." So yeah, we did a full psychological breakdown of her on a podcast. Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I would say right now, the hard thing that I'm doing is that uh, I ran into a buddy of mine mm. um, in uh, Kelowna I hadn't seen in quite a few years, and we're both a little overweight and drinking too much beer and all that stuff. And so by the end of the weekend, we decided that, you know, we we can't go this way anymore. Let's take the step. So we're having a race to 185. And so I was oh, about that. 208, and he's like 210. I'm down. To, he hasn't texted me. or So I don't know if he's like secretly getting there and <laughs> not sharing what he's doing, but I've been sharing with him the whole time. And so I'm at 187. Ooh. So I'm really, really close. But there's a big UFC tomorrow night. It's probably going to put me back two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just going to have to run my ass off on Sunday until I collapse. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanksgiving Sunday. Yeah. And I hate turkey. 
Really? Yeah, I'm not a big turkey. That's the problem, though, with weight loss when you start pushing exercise because then you're dealing with like bloating and inflammation and muscle and all that stuff, too. And that gets to be the factor. And like all of a sudden, losing weight's not quite as black and as white as it seems. Yeah. Well, I tried with exercise first. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll outburn the calories I'm eating. Well, that didn't work at all. And then I tried the carnivore diet. So I was eating like almost nothing but meat with a little bit of fruit. And then I ballooned up from doing that. <laughs> I think the way that that technically works is you get diverticulitis. And then they remove part of your intestines. And that's oh. where the weight loss comes from. <laughs> you just poop yourself until you're skinny. <laughs> Oh, no, you can't poop anymore because oh. your your intestines stop working. It oh. has to be an actual yeah. surgery. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I did a workout on uh, an online something a couple of years ago, and she was like, this is 80% what you eat and 20% what you do. And I am cleric. So I took that fact in, and I'm like, that is what I must do all the time. And so uh, shifting, I can't believe how much it is like shifting what you eat in regular things. Yeah. I'm basically uh, meat and vegetables right now. That's a little bit of carbs, but almost nothing. And uh, it's just slowly coming off. First two weeks, I'm like, I'm going to have this done in three weeks. Yeah. Because it's like five pounds, <laughs> five pounds, and then nothing. Yeah. Like, oh, damn it. Now I got to work. So I'm almost there. Two Where more pounds, you? and I'm going to be skinny and fit. Actually, I'm going after 180. The race is to 185. Yeah. But I want to hit 180 to see what it's like. So that's cool. Just yeah. do a weight cut. Dehydrate yourself. No. Get the picture. I want to. I want to hold it for a year. That's my plan. So once I get there, I like keep that. it on. Super solid, clear goal. Yeah. Yeah. See, my theory is you just have to eat, constantly eat a diet of brand new foods that your body isn't used to. <laughs> so therefore, it purges it. Yeah. And doesn't actually keep it in long enough that you can pull any nutritional value out of it. How I don't think that's how it works. How long could you do that, even if that's what you were doing? I don't know. Well, technically, if you look at the calories in, it's calories. Calories in versus calories out yeah. kind of falls into that in a very <laughs> <laughs> interpretive. <laughs> what was it in uh, Zoolander? They were talking about the girl being bullied. <laughs> and he's like, you can read minds. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought about as you were saying that. <laughs> purging. You're purging, purging. Bodg- uh, vomiting. Yeah. yeah, Purging negativity. By negativity, I mean this hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah. I... Um, it is an interesting line, though, right? Like, at what point does aggressive dieting become an eating disorder? That uh, That is so true of, like, I can't and I can and I can't and I can and I'm going to only this. And For me, it's like the habit forming that you're talking I about. Love that. So the, the everything in my diet is about adding nutrients, not cutting out uh, good stuff. Yeah. Like, so uh, we look at the, the macros, how much fat am I getting? How much protein am I getting? And am I getting enough green leafy vegetables, all that kind of stuff. And then trying to find um, the the vegetables and the, the, the recipes that I don't get bored of. Yeah. So right now I love making soup. So I get everything in my meal. So I have a good protein. I have a ton of vegetables and I blender it up and get it warm. And oh, I take that to I lunch. I love and that. And we make all our own bone broths, so it's amazing. Everyone's sick around me, and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It's not bothering me at the least. Yeah. Yeah. Some people hate soup, eh? Have you ever run into those people? That hate soup? Hate soup. I've never met anyone that hates thing? soup. Yeah, it's one of the, it's like tomatoes. Do you hate soup? I, I'm a big, I love soup. Yeah. yeah. But it's like people that are like, I don't like tomatoes, and you're like, I kind of judge your, your <laughs> taste in <laughs> food. <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't like soup? 
Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. My um, everyone's heard this. My wife's a holistic nutritionist, so she does meal plans and talks to people, and they all have these big goals that they want to reach and health and weight loss and that. And then she has people that come in like, "Yeah, I don't really like vegetables." <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you can stay fat then. How about yeah. that? She doesn't do that. That's why I'm not a. <laughs> That's why they don't talk to you. Nutritional you coach. should send them to me for my diet. Yeah, pizza and working out, right? Yeah, pizza with lots of hot sauce. Don't worry, it won't be an issue. I'll <laughs> stay long enough yeah. to, to get you fat. Yeah, my, I call it the sketchy curry uh, <laughs> deli diet. Gas station sushi diet? Yeah, totally. That's bad. That is bad. Yeah. The, uh, this summer, we tried uh, bike riding as a new challenge. So we did 40 oh, kilometers shoot. a couple of times. We never did that, damn. Uh, Which one? The we had a goal. What was it like? Eighty kilometers we were gonna do. Oh gosh. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I have to do it very first thing next summer, so the year's not technically out since we made the promise. <laughs> uh, as long as you get done within a year, you've done. We're riding in snow. Yeah, it'll warm up again. Yeah, it good. will. It yeah, absolutely we'll do will. It. Yeah, it's gonna be so tough. I tried to set the goal of doing the big hill. Uh, north of town. Yeah. To take the highway, I made it like three quarters of the way up, and I was done and i asked mark to come with me to do the challenge he's like no that's where people get run over and i <laughs> it was so close like two or three <laughs> times i got my helmet i was like boom it's <laughs> like, no. misses my head by half an inch truck yeah. drivers are they're fine they're nice people <laughs> <laughs> they belong on the road yeah. i guess like so. bicyclists <laughs> yeah holy dino they, uh, it felt like they didn't give me an inch. I'm like, seriously, well, dude? There isn't a shoulder on that road. No. And no. it's like a 100-kilometer speed limit. So, yes. you know, yeah. uh, maybe. That's that weird S one, too, right? Like, is that the one that also? No, no, no. Oh, just uh, no. Big Hill Springs heading straight north. It's all uphill to the uh, Golden Rod. Oh, there. that way. I'm thinking farther. And I'm not thinking Big Hill yeah, Springs. I'm thinking so. the other yeah. way. Oh, Simon right? Valley. On the way to. Um, Cochrane. Cochrane. Yeah. 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 That's a Highway 22. Uh, um, all the way to Goldenrod? I try to get up to Goldenrod from here. That's not that far. It's not, no. uh, but it's we've all up there. Yeah. yeah, we've done more kilometers. We were regularly doing about, what, 30 kilometers was our average? 30, 35, yeah. I think, is where we were sitting. But we were doing like 20 kilometers an hour. It's not that fast. Okay, yeah. It's fast enough. But I, <laughs> I asked Rick, uh, another buddy of mine, he, he'll regularly do so. He, he, Him and his wife have a place down the state somewhere, and there's an old guy. He's like 70 years old, and he bikes rides every day. So Rick's like, oh, I'll bring my bike down next time, and we'll, we'll go biking together. So he gets down there, and the guy challenges him to um, a 500-mile um, uh, bike. So you do 100 miles a day for five days in a row. And Rick's like, only 70. How hard could it be? <laughs> and this guy goes at like 60 kilometers an hour. Rick says, it was everything in my power to keep up to him for three days. No problem. Like, it was hard work. I'll get back, take some uh, magnesium, have a nice bath. Yeah. I'll be ready to go tomorrow. And he goes, day four, there was just nothing left in the <laughs> tank. Couldn't do it. That's so. conditioning, though. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what you're going to be like as a grandpa. Yeah, yeah. You want to go for a bike ride? We're going to Banff. Get on your bike. <laughs> go. <laughs> now. That's a good bike ride. We should do that. I'll the do that. Canmore to Banff one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not from here? Um, you know what we should do? We should try like a like a four-day bike or like a long weekend bike. We'll just get on a bike ride as far as we can and have my wife come pick us up. I've wanted to do that with a <laughs> hike. Like get a 40-pound pack and yeah. just hike and see how far I can make it in one We're day. We're in. Yeah. I'm in. That'd be funny. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll raise some money. We'll get people to um, 
pledge us. I don't think I like the idea of it being in a dead pool, to be honest. Which is, I'm sure. <laughs> who's who's going to die yeah. first? <laughs> Two fat old guys trying to get oh as far as they can goodness. in a day? To our face, it would be a fundraiser. Behind our backs, it would be a dead pool. <laughs> yeah. um, no, my hard things are different than that, than physical things. My hard things is like... Right now, I, w- I got in a place in my life where I had said yes to too many things, and so I was so overwhelmed, and so I started paring all that back, and I got to this really, oh, Ding. second time. Really? I'm <laughs> we'll talking with my hands again. Yeah. Good call, right? On the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, we'll, we'll outro with that. Okay. <laughs> That's so good. Um, I pared down to like what I felt was really great and whatever, and then I kind of like say yes to one thing and yes to another thing, and yeah. And right now, I've got like quite a bit of yeses that are happening that I think are meant to be happening at the same time, and the hard thing is to still like do the important things, like start my day on the important side of things, like devotionals and prayer and quiet time, journaling, writing, all of that kind of stuff yeah. before starting into things and and also still learning every day and, and doing those things. Although it, I have recently started boxing. Oh, nice. At this little oh. cla- this class Which at the one? gym I go to. I go to Orange Fitness and they okay. just started this amazing boxing class. Yeah. Yeah, black lights, choreographed to music, Oh, it's been cool. my that's been my most favorite recent fitness because usually I'm like yoga 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 a little bit of like some kind of lifting yeah and I did push myself and do one lifting class where I lifted <laughs> a lot <laughs> I was so she, proud she held up two, two fingers, fingers. While she I was gonna that. tell you actually I lifted two fifty pound dumbbells which I didn't nice. even think I would be able to lift up and move to my that's mat. almost as much as you weigh I know that's what my kids <laughs> said after that's pretty good it was amazing yeah. it was amazing and the whole time the trainers like. You can do it. Just get out of your head. In your head, tell yourself you can do it, and yeah. then you can do it. And I was like, "That's it. My that's all of our life. We need to do that." If you're doing yoga, you're strong. That that's. I love yoga. There's so much strength involved in yoga. I don't think people understand. No, yeah. I love it. Um, I don't get able to do it as much as I'd like to, but uh, that was one of my goals for this winter: is to try to get in at least two yoga classes a week. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. recently discovered that yoga does not fit into my fitness personality. Oh, I thought you said oh. you, you weren't going to fit into yoga pants. <laughs> Oh, no, I can fit. They can take anything. <laughs> That's true. I'm pretty sure, yeah. No, I just, I remember uh, we recently had a, a place in town here do a free yoga week, and I went and did a class yeah. and mm. met with my buddy afterwards who also does a lot of yoga and fights. And he's like, so how was it? I'm like, I hate it. I hate yoga. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one there is, like, competing with anybody else there. <laughs> so um, And, like, they're constantly telling you to hug yourself and thank people. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I want to punch somebody. I want to suffer. And I want everyone to know that I'm suffering like worse than they are. uh, (laughs) You need to go to hot yoga. That's what I was, yeah. Really? Yeah, I did a, what was it? Hot yoga. Um, I think it was Yan Yang. Is it, is it breathe or? Uh, Oxygen. Oxygen. Oh yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you need, I don't know if you want to. I liked and then didn't really like, and then really liked yoga, but I found some like hot power yoga yeah. Which is ridiculous. Well, I used to do yeah. uh, when I first started boxing. We used to it was mandatory to do Pilates, oh, and, but yeah. it was like That's boxer so Pilates is a lot different than yoga studio Pilates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like constantly just a bunch of guys talking shit to each other and <laughs> <It's> farting <laughs> and. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, just all That's the things you're not supposed to like laughing and farting. All those things you're not supposed <laughs> to do in a yoga class. <laughs> Be thankful you didn't poop yourself. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you need to do. oh, totally. Like. Just imagine a bunch of like boxing gym humor is a little off key and having a bunch of guys bent over staring at each other's backsides. The conversations that go on or it's not what happens in a yoga studio. No, yeah. I, I there went, is no hugging of no. ourselves afterwards. No. 
I uh, went to the yoga studio, uh, the Genesis place to do yoga here. Uh, my wife couldn't go, so I just went by myself, got in there, and it was two hours of me trying not to fart in front of 25 <laughs> women. You get better at it over time. But uh, I love then, the saying that yoga is, uh, was it 10% flexibility and 90% not farting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't experience that. Yo- uh, I don't experience you yoga don't that way. He yeah. does. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> oh my uh, goodness. The uh, I I love it though. I really do. I can make fun of it all day. And I'm not a big foo foo like you know pray to the trees or or yeah. whatever it is. I love the movement. Yeah. I was seriously. I listened to the podcast. So you know who DDP is. The, no. the wrestler. So he is Diamond Dallas Page. He's a Oh, yeah, WD. I do know him. Yeah. So he's done a yoga program that he puts out. He had like two blown out discs and a torn shoulder and he couldn't do wrestling anymore. So he started doing yoga. He was doing power yoga, I think, or strength yoga. And then he... Uh, reworked the whole thing so it was good for everybody and now Mm -hmm. you can buy his program and it's real yoga and there's amazing videos online of people that have done it and lost a ton of weight and got their mobility back and stuff like that Um, but he says calisthenics basically yeah but it I mean you can see what he can do at 70 it's impressive like you can make fun of yogis all you want but their Uh. body is amazingly flexible and healthy and good and they're, they're not like us. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. Like I went to yoga last night or the night before and like one of the like headstand, arm balance, legs in the air, then cross Ooh. your legs and then bring it down like this. And then what, and I, like you do want something like that. You're like, okie dokie. Core strength is like a real deal that like yeah. to do any, like you, if you think of yoga as like the super slow, like I'm just stretching. Well, that's such not a small it. part yeah. of what yoga can be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm doing uh, the one I've been doing is flow yoga. Yeah. Um, and that's that's fun to do. Yeah. It's a little, the the girl talking, whispery. All yeah. Like, oh, well, come on, just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm hard of hearing. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's, uh, it's really, really good. I feel amazing when I come out there. Yeah. My wife's like, how can you do that? You're the only guy here. And I'm like, because I know it works. Yeah. I think the trick is trying to figure out what works for you. Yeah. yeah and exactly. Making it and not, not feeling you have to be confined. Like I did yoga today after, after kickboxing. I... Sat. Where are you going? What's that? Where did you do it? At kickboxing. Oh, they have it there? No. Oh. I just, well, <laughs> just did it. <laughs> while, the, while the other guys were sitting around talking about the fights this weekend, I just did my poses and stretched nice. out and everything. So yeah. it, I guess that counts, right? That's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's the ones that I feel are beneficial to me yeah. that I think I should be doing. And after a workout, you're all warmed up. It's a great time Earth's to do it. time to do it. And you're just going to be hanging around anyway, so you might as well start, you know, bending your body in weird positions yeah. and <laughs> making everyone else feel bad. Do the splits and try not to fart. I can do the front splits almost. Yeah. Can you really? Almost, yeah. When we were doing, I, I did a, a self-defense class here in town for quite a few years, and we would do a lot of yoga stretches afterwards. We stole them from the yoga classes I did, but they were great. I got to her side ones. I was about... Uh, two fists from the ground. Wow, maybe. yeah. So it doesn't take long. I haven't no. budged for eight years of trying to do side <laughs> flexibility. In fact, I, I wrecked my hamstring, ha- hamstrings this year yeah. and lost flexibility in my <laughs> side, which was not good to begin yeah. with. <laughs> it happens. It's funny, we're talking about hard stuff and me and Mark keep going back to all the physical <laughs> stuff. It must be a dude thing. Like, yeah. Let's see how strong I am. Let's exactly. see how much I can flex. How, how hard can you hit me and I won't I fall think, down? Uh, I think... Being a dick just comes easier to guys, though. So when it when it comes to stuff like saying no, we're not taking on too much. It's Ex- not hard to be like, nope. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Actually, that is really that's really really great. 
Well, from a psychological standpoint, women are uh, as a whole more agreeable, yeah. and men are more confrontational. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I think. Don't don't you, bad talk with that, Jordan. Well, sorry, says. sorry, sorry. <laughs> 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 that was <laughs> that was like something that was said. I don't remember where, but where where men like go out and like hunt the food, and so like they have to go out and like that's why they're strong. And that's why they do that. That's why yeah. men. Was that in financial? Anyway, um, that's why the men go out and like get a bargain, mm, and yeah. they do that, right? Like they need to like negotiate win and whatever, something. yeah. They need to win, and where women are just like they just kind of, they need to just like be open and find the deal, and then they'll go in and the once they've looked everywhere, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some of those things that they're doing in the show, like I look at Nicole, and I'm like. I'm not like those guys. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not like those girls. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I yeah. just don't get it. Yeah. Like, typically, women are more social, and I'm like the social butterfly. Anywhere I go, I'm going to be a new friend. I'm going to hang out. We're going to... That's... that's. But yeah. my wife is not that person at all. Yeah. That's, it's it's yeah. not... It's not necessarily the law, though. I think it's just... No, it's, it's a yeah. spectrum, but you yeah. find groupings on that spectrum yeah. more commonly on gender. There's lots of social guys and lots of women that don't like and There's a lot of friends. guys that can't deal with confrontation. Yeah, good That's call. That's true, too. Yeah. yeah. I, um, or did various confrontations, physical, emotional, psychological, yeah. verbal, you know, like... Yeah. I don't know why it never bothered me. It de- well, I'm I'm actually I looking forward to talking to the psychologist about what goes on in my head. Uh, I <laughs> love that. People tell me stuff, and I'm like, really? That's I think, the way to people be honest, think? not fearing someone punching you in the face for saying the wrong thing yeah. really goes a long way to not fearing a lot of other things in life. Is yeah. Yeah, because that's it. it. It doesn't hurt to get... It doesn't hurt that bad to get punched in the face. So it's just... If you're I upset, just figure I'm I can punch them back harder. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that really hurt. This is really going to hurt more. <laughs> you know, that was my uh, way of dealing with anger when I was uh, sort of trying to figure out how to be an adult as I would just visualize me pounding the crap out of the guy. <laughs> They'd be talking to me and I'm just, I, you know, I got him in a headlock and an arm bar. I'm down the ground grounding, pounding him. I'm pulling his arm <laughs> off and I'm just visualizing it, smiling, looking at him. And I'm like, you're going to die shortly. <laughs> oh, I calm down. Oh, I feel better now. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's Girls don't do that, do they? That's my Monday afternoon boxing class the whole there time where I'm Let like, if I had any aggression in me, it is all coming out on that bag right yeah. now. Have it's you true. ever been in a fight? No. Never well, a physical confrontation? I mean, maybe with my siblings when I was little. Yeah. Little. Little. Just little? Not really. Oh, such a shame. Anytime There's... there was any of that kind of stuff, like I, I'm the oldest out of a lot of kids. How many? 12, including me, and including step-siblings and things. Okay. But I would like, like my, my, the next down, my brother that's next down, we would get in fights all the time. And there was yeah. like, I would just like somehow get him and like lock him in the pantry and just like <laughs> hold the door closed till he literally would kick a hole in. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't, I don't know if I've ever really, no, I'm a pianist. Like I'm like, I'm a musician. I'm yeah. a pianist. I more stayed on that side of things. Yeah. Like. Artist, relaxed. I don't know about relaxed, but not physically any, you know. Yeah. yeah. Does uh, writing music, playing music, like, is is it meditative for you? It takes you out of, like, a bad day? Playing music absolutely does, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I want to do it so bad, I just don't have time. Yeah. Mark plays guitar, right? Yeah, I played in... Played music for quite a while. Yeah, a lot of bands. Very opposite experience that I've had with music, though. I played in a lot of punk bands, a uh, lot of yeah. industrial bands, and just about every band I've ever been in. It's been a pretty common hobby to punch each other in the dick when <laughs> you're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Conflict has definitely uh, existed like, in my like music. Cla- <laughs> <laughs> the cla- classical pianist, no. <laughs> you don't no, know. Yeah, you don't yeah. punch a classical pianist in the day. <laughs> no, turns no. out no. No. Well, it's because you're sitting down. That's the only reason why, <laughs> though. Oh. Is that why uh, rock guys wear their guitar so low? Yeah. <laughs> so they don't get... Yeah. It's why they wear their pants really low, too, so you can't get that back shot. Ah, there you go. They're, it's like they're, that they're Chinese... Tight, tight and low. It's like that Chinese uh, groin shot trick, you know, where they wrap the cord around from their heels. If your pants low enough, the crotch is so low that they can't actually hit you in the... <laughs> okay. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I don't even know what you're talking about, to be honest. Okay. No. So there's these videos. I gotta Now I got to describe no. it. There's a video no, of these no. Chinese guys, and they stand spread eagle, and they let people kick them in the junk. Like, just wind <laughs> up and kick them right in the ding ding. And so what I heard was, is they have a strap on one heel and it goes up across their pants and down to the other. So it creates a a block. They wear those baggy Chinese ninja pants. Hammer pants. Hammer pants. MC hammer pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those pants. So, um, and they have a thing in there. So it looks like you're kicking them in the junk, but it doesn't actually. Yeah, most of those ancient martial arts are bullshit. I think so. We, uh, we wanted to do a challenge, so this is the guys thinking about hard stuff to do, of going <laughs> around and challenging all the, like, foo-foo martial arts out there, and we're like, can we spar and try to get them to talk, as, and we're both MMA guys, kickboxers, and then just pound the crap out of all the guys <laughs> doing the wrong martial arts. We didn't actually do it, though. <laughs> that's not that's not. You sound disappointed, like, well, oh, you guys totally should have like, done it. I don't it. think you should. I thought, <laughs> I thought <laughs> we were... I thought we were going to go around and like experience different martial arts and talk about how they're all similar and how you can share and maybe it was just a dream I had. I think yeah, I think that make me look like an asshole. I think I think I was like I want to go learn other martial arts and experience the culture and you were like yeah, I'm going to come around and beat the fuck out of these guys. <laughs> I am so strong. Look at me. I'll be the strongest. Yeah. I yeah. will win. I got I got to be honest, whenever I have done that, that's literally what happens is I show up and I'm like I'm going to show these pussies how to really do martial arts. <laughs> Oh my goodness! How's it go sideways? So don't fast. come to my boxing class, okay? You no. can't do that. It's all girls anyway that are there. Yeah, I could totally take a room it's full not of girls. R- it's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is my. Favorite. I don't know because my that time I'm pretty. Ag- I'm like pretty aggressive. The the music is loud and it's great. There was Marilyn Manson playing last week, like and, and Limp Biscuit. Like there was some really great music I love, uh, playing. I love the saying that you can't teach a man to fight if he can't dance. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. such a good point. Like we dance. There's a bunch of, uh, I don't know, a bunch of people that are from like um, Southern America yeah. and uh, other parts of the world where they're a lot more flamboyant with stuff. And yeah. so in between our rounds, everyone just dances. You just dance with all the nice. That is amazing. Yeah, there's always someone off in the corner dancing. You just go join them and just dance because yeah. it really does help you. Like it's yeah. a, as much as it is like just practicing your your turning and your torque. Yeah practicing moving to a rhythm and trying to get the off beats and that that's incredibly useful in boxing and to program that into your head right before doing it is a super sub, super powerful subconscious tool so cool. some of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the world came from a, a breakdancing break dancing background gino yeah really yeah gino martina martina gino is that his last martina i don't know gino from your club no, from uh, Tenth Planet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That guy who's like winning everything right now is a break dancer. They're crazy. Have you ever done jujitsu? No, no, just the just the boxing. Don't do class. it with Chad. He'll trigger you. Do you uh, do you even hit anything in that boxing class? Yeah, they have heavy bags. Nice. It's that's so not the way you're great. supposed to say it. What? Do you even hit anything? Oh, that's even? not what I meant. It's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a buddy that's coming on. He runs uh, white collar boxing. Yeah. And it's a cardio kickboxing class as well. And yeah. he's a, I can't remember if he was pro or almost pro, 
definitely an amateur boxer. I think he might have been almost pro. So he's coming on next month, I think. Cool. Why is that so funny? Hmm? No, no, I'm not laughing at anything. <laughs> we need to get cameras up in here. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I can't make faces then. Yeah. So what... Uh, <laughs> What are we Moving missing on. on here? Educator, you homeschool your kids. I homeschool my kids. Since the beginning? Yep. How come? Uh, forever in my life, we've always wanted freedom and flexibility. Yeah. And I d- <laughs> initially, like before we had kids, I thought homeschoolers were weird. <laughs> and that like, <laughs> who would even do that? I mean, come on. No, it's, it's just people that are afraid of having their kids with other kids. And, um, and actually when my youngest daughter was six months old, I went to a homeschooling conference as I taught piano for 20 years. So as a piano teacher with a booth and I got to like be around all these homeschoolers and learn a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, they're not weird. This is amazing. We could do it. It would fit in. And, uh, and I also had a family in my studio at that time that they had six kids and they were homeschooling and it was, mm. it was so, and their kids were like kind and amazing. And like, they like would walk in and talk to me like there wasn't any weird social stuff happening or anything so uh yeah we just decided Scott actually Scott came with me to a homeschooling conference the year before our oldest daughter would have started kindergarten and on the drive home from there we were like are we going to homeschool right away or are we going to put her in school yeah and we just decided then that homeschooling was going to be what we do and uh freedom and flexibility is what we really did freedom and flexibility to learn what we want to learn when we want to how it works best for each of us individually I love learning too so yeah for us to be able to, like I, lifelong learner, I think is really actually what I am. Like I just always want to be in a state of growth and learning. So what do, what do you guys focus on most? So now, that was when we first started. And two years ago, yeah, we started into a teacher-directed program, which means now we follow the Alberta curriculum. Okay. Um, a little bit more. So there's, it turns out, freedom without structure is chaos and that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been down that road a little bit. So yeah. now we've inserted a bit more, a bit more structure. However, there's things like my son loves science yeah. so much. Like all he wants to do is science experiments all the time. So he just like goes crazy on like figuring out what rocks have. I don't even know what it is, but like how yeah. to make a rock fizz and add acid to this, whatever, and what different kinds of rocks and minerals Very and things cool. are and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he loves that. And then my youngest daughter would love to just sit down with a workbook and fill out the whole thing. Wow. And so she does. And my oldest daughter loves art. How much, how much time a day do you guys spend doing it? A couple hours, maybe. That's it? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I, I'm a, like, a musician. And so I was always like, my kids are going to be, they're going to be musicians. Like, they're going to have that background, at least as one thing. I believe that we can learn, I mean, a lot of the important things about life through doing one thing for a long period of time. And with our kids, like with my kids, what I learned as a musician, like you practice every day, you get better. That yeah. feels good, but it's not easy to practice every day. But Discipline, you, right? Yeah, you do it every day and that's that. Build a habit, grow, great. Yeah. And even when it gets hard, stick to it. That's fine. It'll still be great. And then later on, you have like as with music, like now I can sit down at the piano and play whatever I ever want. I can play any instrument now, whatever I want. Yeah. So that's awesome. So I wanted that for my kids. And so we do spend a good chunk of our time in homeschooling, practicing cool. every day. And Nice. Yeah. I uh, I had a neighbor when I lived in uh, Saddle Ridge. They're, they homeschooled their kid. And he was like 10 or 11 years old. And one day I was out mowing the lawn or something, and he walked up to ask me a question. And uh, it was the middle of the day. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be at school? And then he goes to tell me that he's homeschooled. And this kid was like so bright, like great conversationalist. And I kind of thought the same thing. Like all these kids, there's no way they can have a good social 
background. And that's got to be the challenge, I think, in there is that they're not around a lot of people. Well, it could, you could like, you could think that that's what it is, but we live our life around people. It's just like my kids aren't all well, and it's slightly different now because now we homeschool with a board in Calgary called Phoenix Foundation, and they have on-site classes as well, which is actually one of the things I've said yes to is I am their music teacher, super part-time for this year. So I get to go and teach a bunch of kids, which I I like it lights me up. I love doing that. Yeah. Um, so that's been fun. So my kids now do go to classes for short periods of time with other kids the same age as them. But before that, they didn't. But they we just went to things where there were people. Yeah. And so my kids just interact with people. So they'll, you know, like my oldest daughter will help little. She loves helping little, little kids do things all the time. Yeah. And whereas my younger daughter loves to be with like teenagers. Wow. And my son will usually go where there are adults who are doing something productive and just be a part of that. Mm, like, that's a kind thing. It's funny that you, there's just certain things about genders that they, that, that's just what they do. And yeah. it doesn't have to be 100%. But yeah, you look at production, you're going to see a bunch of guys. Yeah, around. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So crazy. I've been thinking about that lately. It's What's kind that? of occurred to me that for $2,000 a month, I could be li- li- like oh, literally right. living on a cruise ship and just traveling the world. Right. As long as you buy like a six-month term, like you literally half a year for 2000 bucks a month, you could yeah. live on a cruise ship. Travel the world, I could go live in like a Muay Thai kickboxing camp in Thailand yeah. for that too. And I've been thinking, well, I just got to like homeschool my daughter. I can totally make this Do a possibility. Now. Yeah. But then it's like, it's uh, like there's the validity of homeschooling locally, and then there's like, I don't know, I'm essentially making her like into a pirate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to travel the world and get to really weird situations. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if that's a good or bad thing. Like, it definitely, as an older person, I could see that being a very valuable thing. But like, as an eight year old, to be yeah. just constantly around new people and like really weird, extreme situations. And if she had yeah. two or three siblings, it would be different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, right? With that, you were traveling. Well, but we're with already a pretty tight package, right? Just yeah. me and her, where she's pretty comfortable. As long as I'm there, she's pretty comfortable with whatever we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And you know, she's been raised in uh, martial arts clubs her entire life, and watching just people fighters, get punched in the face. Watching me getting punched in the face. Yeah. And it just does not fade. Like she's totally fine with martial arts. Yeah. She just she gets what's going on and I wonder how much value for the future it's going to be to sort of toughen our kids up and make them I don't mean by like you know callousing their bodies but like I think people shield their kids so much now that when something happens it's terrifying I think I was like I'm coming through the revelation that I thought I wasn't doing that a lot and I think I still was quite I think I still haven't quite a bit I've recently been like okay just step back, just step back a little bit more. Just let them fail a little farther. Let them fall on their face fully instead of like they only fall on their hands. But I stop their face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that I think it's so important. They have to fail. They have to see the miserable stuff. They have to hear the stories. Yeah, and I think life's gonna be tough no matter what. Yeah. yeah, like whether you shelter them or whether you just let them run free, they're gonna have uh, negative things as a result of that. Yeah, and it's all exactly. about yeah, it's all about what you do when they get. Yeah, look at that. It's all about when you get when you get up from those things. Yes. Like what you do exactly. as a parent for them. That's interesting. I was just thinking, so life is tough, but it's 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 not that tough when you do it to yourself. So like if you set these hard goals and you're always going after it, nothing else seems to be that tough. No. It's when you're sitting on the couch and you want the easy, lazy life that 
everything seems tough. Like, oh, I got to go do this. And yeah. This happened to me today. And exactly. You get this woe is me attitude. But like if you're my alarm that went off or something else. But one of my alarms, uh, my morning one is it just says get after your life. And so when it goes off at five, I'm like, bink. This is what I'm doing today, and I get up and I get it done. Yeah. That's such a like a different personality. If my phone woke up with like inspirational quotes of the day, I'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck you, phone!" <laughs> like I would go through a new phone every week. I would smash that thing, stomp on it, yeah. kick it across uh, the room. You're not telling me what to do. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh, this is why I have Mark on. We've got like I wouldn't even say the opposite personality, but it's we definitely have different viewpoints. That's, that's the trick, right? Thing. Trying to figure out how your programming what works your, for you. That's yeah. it. It's a hundred percent it. And yeah. No one has it a hundred percent figured out, and no one's wrong. No one's a hundred percent. It just it is what it is, right? Yeah. Everyone on this planet is just trying to figure it out. Exactly. Crazy. I love it. Well, we are an hour and a half into the podcast. Okay, I think we could, we totally have to do the drum circle thing with the microphone. Oh, okay. Can you, can what you are we lead doing? Us, lead us in a drum circle, and okay. we'll do it with the mics. What, Let, are we going to tap on this test or tap on this? Table's pretty good. Table is totally good. Okay, so how do we, how do we, do we okay. start with a beat or something? Can I give, can I give you a beat? We'll just start Absolutely. with like a, just like a general, just like a this. Yeah. Don't get faster though. I'm not even going to use words. And then this would usually be a, well, it could be like a stop it would be a jump stop or there's like this cool thing often i would give you like words if you went to a drum circle i would say this is i love apple pie okay now you oh, now we can all do definitely it definitely get into the mantra yeah you're gonna have to have some like pizza or something for him though he's not gonna show up for apple pie oh yeah oh how pepperoni pizza <laughs> <laughs> and they both work together you got it yeah <laughs> oh my goodness this is the best <laughs> Well, that is a brilliant way to end this podcast. Thank you for so coming out and bailing us out and uh, giving us an awesome podcast. Yeah, thank you guys. This is Mark and Chad with I Want to Know doing our drum circle. I hope you can still hear my voice, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Good night. Thanks.